Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Hello, we are back after a couple days of unfortunately having to run podcast replays because guess what? Here in Puerto Rico, there was no electricity. Kablamo! The thing <laughs> blew up and the island went dark. Yeah, exactly. So we were um, living on... Oh, yes. We know to have a generator, listeners, who are smart enough to tell us to have generator. But guess what? Our generator was broke as well. So we were glamping for we the last... Glamping. Yes, but we are back. And finally, we're getting to the podcast we've been preparing for. It gave us um, extra time to actually add some notes to it with regards to the um, what's happening in the housing markets right now, what's going to happen next. We've been talking endlessly about this for the last couple of years, but I have to remind myself, and you know, Julie and I have to always remember, that many of you are discovering us for the first time. So for those of you who are, you have landed in the right place. This is the number one daily podcast for real estate professionals, at least in the United States. Uh, this is listened to by tens of thousands of agents every single day. And uh, we are honored uh, to be your guide through this changing and shifting market. Before we get to our first point, the topic of today's show is housing markets brace for impact. Yes, that's right. And I am reporting in from the coaching front lines. Mm -hmm. Some of our top coaching clients are doing the right thing by getting more education on stuff to do on the whole mortgage rate uh, adjusting up. So here's what we've been talking about is the fact that a lot of buyers, a lot of agents, and even mortgage people have only been in the world of the 30-year fixed for the longest time. And now we're seeing ways to keep that rate down, the adjustable rate, buying rates down, uh, locking in your rate. Some of these things, listeners, you guys have never heard of before because you didn't need them. Well, we're going to do a podcast about that. Right. So just to you know, underline what Jules just said, uh, if you've only been in this business for basically the last 10 or maybe even 12 years, you have never had to deal with having to um, know more about mortgages, but you will now. And it's going to give you an unfair advantage in the marketplace. If you know how to put a deal together and other agents don't because you know how to get deals uh, closed through different variants of financing, uh, you're going to definitely be able to not just work with more buyers, but pick up more sellers as well. People are going to freak out about the rates until, they be, t until be whatever the new normal is, wherever we end up uh, leveling off. When that becomes the new normal, people will stop worrying about it. And that's going to take a while. People, nice things about nice thing about humans, one of the many nice things about humans, is we are very adaptable. So people right now are a little fearful, and you're experiencing that with some of your buyers. You're lower in um, buyers, and uh, in your price range, that could be a million dollars, or it could be 250000 or even 100000 They're the ones that are going to be um, most adversely affected by the changing rates, because they're the ones that are going to unfortunately, most likely be taken out of the market, especially if they don't have anything other than their down payment of 5 or 10%. But for a vast majority of the buyers out there, they can do varying things to get the mortgage payment down. And Julie's going to do a whole podcast on that because we know that many of you know, don't know anything about it. Julie had two coaching calls today, and the first agent had been in the business for a long time, and she'd already been doing some of the things because she you know, knew what to do when the rates started to increase. The other agent, who was a fantastic agent, uh, she'd only been in the business for, what, six or seven years? Uh, five or six, yeah. And she had no clue what Julie was trying to help her understand. So we're going to assume that most of you are going to fall into the latter category versus the former. And we're going to be drilling down on that probably later this week. That's right, because, listeners, knowledge equals confidence and ignorance equals fear. So part of our job, as always, is to educate you 
That way you can be motivated and indeed take action. But Julie, the reality of it is, is that they do have knowledge that other agents don't have. Mm -hmm. It does give them an unfair advantage in the marketplace. Yes, it absolutely does. The first thing that I saw over the past two weeks with rates going up, first they, we had agent freak out. That was to be expected. But then we have some deals kind of cracking and, you know, the not just the first-time buyers and people like that, but anybody who's really payment sensitive because the belief is, well, if the rate went up and my payment went up, I'm out, okay, versus saying, all right, well, maybe you've got a 20% down payment. We're going to use a little something to buy down or lock in or something like that. Or the seller even. And uh, when Julie yes. and I were selling real estate, it was very normal for the buyer. And this will blow your minds, I'm sure. Many of you, <laughs> I know. I have to remind myself that many of these guys yes. have never experienced this before. But it was normal for the buyer to ask for the seller to contribute to the buyer's uh, buy-down points on their mortgage or whatever. And certainly lenders have been playing that game forever. So what the moral of the story is rising rates, despite the fact that many people will have you believe that it's the end of, you know, human housing as we know it. It's not, who cares? I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to work itself out. It's just, it's like everything else. When you're in this uh, time of change, that's when most people get super nervous. And when people are nervous and scared, they end up doing nothing but creating more panic within themselves. And then they take an action. Our coaching clients, and hopefully many of you as podcast lender, uh, listeners become coaching clients, we want you to do the exact opposite. So knowledge equals confidence, ignorance equals fear, and we're going to be hopefully educating you more on today's podcast with regards to the impacts of inflation and rising rates and all these other things. And the reason we're telling you all this is not to create fear. We're telling you all this to create uh, confidence because then you'll know. We are uh, unpolitical. We're depoliticalizing. Is that a word? Unpoliticizing, maybe? Something, Something like, like that. that. Um, all of our points, and we're just going to give you the facts so then you then can write these down. And then when you're trying to maybe uh, work on somebody's psychology about the changing economy after you've worked on your own, you'll then have some things to lean into as far as uh, data points that will help a lot of people see through the weeds. Because remember, guys, even if someone is feeling like uh, they have to take some mortgage interest rate that they're not feeling is very advantageous, there's two things, well, three things are going to happen. One, they won't do it and they're going to stay where they are, renters or wherever they are living now. Two, they're going to do it. Um, egregiously, they're not going to like doing it, but then they can refinance it if rates go back down. Um, or, th or three, they're going to lock in an, uh, a rate today and a year from now be incredibly grateful because rates have increased even further. And they're going to be so grateful that they locked in something that is in the future seen as a ridiculously low rate. You guys get it? So inaction or some form of action. But the bottom line is the most important thing is, is they buy a house. They buy a house now. In many cases, it's like essentially having the Willy Wonka winning golden ticket. Um, especially with the points that Jules and I are about to share with you with regards to inflation. That's right. So, note takers, now is a good time to sharpen that pencil. Are you prepared for the historic economic shift that's happening now? None of us have experienced this before, so don't play the this is just like that game. That's not true. What is happening now is a combination of rising interest rates, rising inflation rates, and home prices that are increasing like never before. So listen to learn exactly what's happening now so you can be prepared for what's happening next. So let me add this, Julie, because before we get to this, otherwise I'll forget it, right? Yep. Right. What's happening now? Here's what Julie and I think is going to happen with regards to interest rates, and Julie's going to get to more specifics. And I want you, I'm, I'm seeding this uh, conversation so that you will understand where we're coming from. We're coming from a, a essentially a, a, um, a data-driven perspective, opposed to an emotional-driven or a political-driven perspective. So here's what happens. There's been several reports, and Julie and I have been sending these back and forth and emailed to each other for the last couple of weeks, that are suggesting that in order to really significantly slow rising inflation, that interest rates are, interest rates are going to have to be over 10%. 
which means most likely, and one of the reports I read said that in order for the um, rates to slow down or for the inflation to slow down uh, to the point where it can start um, not increasing at the rates that it is, right? Making making it so everything. I mean, I saw an ad for a um, dozen of a dozen eggs for nine dollars. I saw that too. I mean, when we when we lived yeah. in uh, Texas, if you are a neighbor or a friend, we would have given you a dozen eggs every single day because we had chickens, right? Smart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But the reality of it is, is that's called insane inflation, and it's just going to get worse. And all these prices are settling up to this what will be uh, the new normal. So a year from now, two years from now, you're going to look back and you're going to say, well, that looks uh, like a bargain. Like $9 for a uh, you know, dozen eggs, Tim, holy crap. Yeah. I'll like, buy all those all day. Right. But here's what's going to ha- most likely happen. The total amount of taxes that the U.S. government collects every year is about $4 trillion. That's how much in all forms uh, taxes come into the United States. So from that, the U.S. has to pay its debt service on the national debt, which is close to $30 trillion. It has to then pay all of its bills, pay all the entitlements, pay for the military, pay for all these other things. So that's how much money the U.S. government spends every year. Now, here's the problem. If interest rates on the national debt go up to 10%, so every time the Fed raises rates, it's also raising the interest payments or the amount it has to pay on the national debt. So if the interest uh, goes up to 10%, rather if the uh, interest rates if, you know goes up to 10%, the Fed's going to have to essentially be paying its mostly short-term uh, de- uh, debt back at 10%. Most of the things that the Fed issues in order to, uh, you know, the bonds and all the other forms of, you know, that is mostly a short term and it's going to have variable rate interest, which means that people are going to essentially, um, you know, demand higher returns on their investment if they're going to buy, buy any U.S. government debt. Because what happens is, and this is also what's kind of fascinating, if you can all of a sudden buy a long-term treasury, or let's say a five-year treasury, or let's say even a CD, but let's just stick with treasury notes. If you can buy that today at 10%, um, you're going to buy it. And what you're not then going to buy is you're not most likely going to buy anything uh, in the stock market. Because, for example, the S&P 500 historically has doubled about every seven or eight years. But if you can lock in a longer-term guaranteed 10% 10% interest on that same investment, you're going to do that. And that. so what then happens is, and this is what the Fed knows, is that people stop putting money in the stock market and they stop buying treasuries, but or they start buying treasuries. But all of this creates a problem that's never been experienced before in the United States. And here's what it is. The debt payment, on if the interest on the national debt goes up to 10%, that means the, the interest in the debt payments every year will be $3 trillion. That leaves $1 trillion around the country, which will not happen. They cannot raise rates enough to cover up that deficit. So it is almost impossible, aside from just some sort of crazy maneuver, right, which has never been experienced before, raising rates and just throwing it all against the wall, which it doesn't – I personally don't think they're going to do it because that will absolutely destroy the economy. And that's what the Fed would do. In order for the inflation related to slow down, that's what they're going to have to do. So most likely what's going to happen is they're going to find an excuse not to continue to raise rates because it will cause not a recession but something far, far worse. And then go back to the point I just made. Government won't have $4 trillion to pay all of its bills, all the entitlements, all the things that basically the federal government does. They'll have $1 trillion because the interest and the debt on uh, payments will be uh, $3 trillion, thus creating another problem. You guys get it? So it's not likely that interest rates are going to go up to double digits. Um, It's not really likely they're going to go up much from here. That's the unfortunate reality of a country that owns or that owes, you know, close to, you know, between 20 and $30 trillion in debt. 
It's impossible. Now, somebody, somebody will say correctly that Paul Volcker back in 1981 basically raised rates to uh, um, 18%, and he did, and he created a recession, and things did. the inflation did eventually um, go away. But what also happened back then that made it possible was there was not some ridiculous uh, national debt. So this debt is what ultimately is going to cause the Fed not to have the normal power it does to uh, continue to raise interest rates to stave off inflation. So keep all that in mind when you're digesting all this information. Those are numbers that are based on the research that we did. If you guys would want to discuss that or have any um, other opinions, because Julie and I are certainly not economists, you can uh, message us on Instagram at Tim and Julie Harris. And we'd love to have the conversation. Some, maybe some of you have some finer points that we can enhance this information. But just that's the reason why we don't believe the interest rates are going to go up in a meaningful way, despite the fact that that's what people are seemingly fearful of, because it just doesn't make sense from an accounting perspective. That's right. So meanwhile, back in your local real estate market, what is happening now? Well, inflation is already higher than it's been in 40 years. And how do you experience this? Well, it's making everything more expensive, like the eggs we talked about, including, of course, housing, food, gas, and other consumer goods. And that was happening even before the Ukraine war, and it's adding to the flames. So as inflation continues to weigh on American households, people are planning what they will eliminate from their budgets in the coming months to keep their expenditures in check. So for example, this is uh, from a survey last week, uh, CNBC reporting, and the survey was done by a company called Momentum. Americans are cutting back the most, 53%. They say higher prices have caused them to cut back on dining out, dining out in the last six months. 39% say they've cut back on driving, canceled a monthly subscription, that's 35%, or switched from a brand name product to a generic one, that's 32%. And many of you know that used cars are selling for 42% more than last year. Gas prices are at an all-time high of anywhere between 4 and $7 a gallon, depending on your location. We're paying about four fifty a gallon here. Gro uh, groceries have spiked as well, and you're seeing fewer products, a uh, fewer product for the same price. We've talked about, you know, different uh, versions of that. And a lot of gas stations are getting rid of anything but the cheap gas. That's true. Because the premium gas, if a you know cheap gas is $7 a gallon, the premium gas is over $10. And, and nobody's the, buying that. And nobody's buying it. So they're not even selling the more expensive uh, gas anymore, for the most part, in most of the country. So those are things, those are examples of what is actually happening to you right now. So what will happen next? Well, as we just discussed at the top of the podcast, number one, your most shaky buyers will likely take themselves out of the market. First-time buyers, small down payments, lower credit scores, or high-ratio buyers will suffer first, and certainly buyers that have a combination of those things. So your job is to know your clients and recognize you need more leads and more appointments than you did before. Now, I'm going to help you with some of this with buyers who maybe are very payment sensitive. We're gonna talk about that on a podcast, but some of them are simply just not gonna buy. So we are in the coaching and training business. That's what we do for a living. That's what we've done for a living, really since we you know, we sold real estate for about a decade and then we got, in, I think accidentally got into the coaching and mm -hmm. training business. And there's been times, maybe three or four times since we've been in this business where um, there's been big monumental shifts like this. Yes. But nothing like this. No, honestly. this is bigger, I think. There, there's, well, what's comparatively? You can't say September 11th. You can't say the tech bubble crashing. You can't even say the housing bubble or the housing market crashing. The housing market crashing in relation to this is, 
I know this will sound crazy, guys, but it's really not that significant compared to what's happening now. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. This is mainly business. because it created inventory and opportunity. Right. It created inventory opportunity. So it was a mark. The agents basically had to shift their market, their That's mindset, right. mm-hmm. and you know, move away from all the branding and all the Mickey Mouse that mm-hmm. only proliferates when there's a hot seller's market, like yes. what's happening now, which is obviously going to be dying off fast. Mm-hmm. Did you guys hear what I just said? All the the superfluous. superfluous? Yes. <laughs> I, I need more caffeine today. <laughs> all that stuff basically melts away when the market starts to sh- uh, adjust back towards a normal market. Because what happens is agents start going, well, you know what? And intelligently so. Sometimes they do it involuntarily. But they'll say, well, that little branding and marketing exercise or making all those videos or doing all that Facebook stuff or doing all that direct mail, um, you guys will quickly realize that those things that you rationalized before because you had cash flow happening relatively easily from other source, you know, basically houses were selling themselves. Buyers were always buying with, uh, with absolute fear of FOMO. The market was essentially moving at a fast pace no matter how, frankly, strong your skill set was. Well, that all changes in a market like this. In a market like this, it, you know, Julie and I talked a little bit about different mortgages. It's different approaches to the business. Really what's going to enter into the market now is a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of fear. And the fear is going to cause a lot of people to do nothing. They're going to, they're going to stall out. They're going to be taking themselves out, sellers and buyers. So your job as a real estate professional is to get really, really good. And Julie's got her next point teed up for this. It's to be really, really good of working only with the people that actually positively have to transact. And those are never buyers. There's no such thing as a buyer that has to buy. There are such things as sellers that have to sell. And so what we'd like all of you guys to consider doing immediately, urgently is joining our coaching program. Our coaching program was designed in a market like this and refined in other down markets over time. Um, Really guys, in a normal up market where things are selling themselves, you can make mistakes and not necessarily suffer because it's easy for you to pick up another transaction. If you have, you know, you uh, let's say you spend money on some branding exercise and you 30 days later find out it was a waste of money, you can't do that in a market like this because there's the nature of the transactions and the complexity of what it's going to take to get them closed is going to go through the roof. So markets like this, what they do is they go from, it, it becomes a skills-based market faster than you can possibly imagine. You're already feeling it, aren't you? And one of the first things you've got to learn to do basically is get out from underneath your own staircase so you can realize that the world's not coming to an end, that there is tons of opportunity because of a market like this. But accept the fact that you have to learn, you have to get your skills on. And that's what Premier Coaching is all about. We'd love all of you guys to become members of Premier Coaching. You can join Premier Coaching. I don't know if you know this, but you can join Premier Coaching with absolutely no risk. There's a 24-hour, we let you you check out the program for 24 hours when you join. Check it out. Make sure it's a good fit for you. You can attend your uh, every single day workday. We have a daily semi-private coaching call where you can, you know, speak directly with one of our coaches. We have a private members-only Facebook page where you can get to know some of the other uh, coaching clients. What really matters is that you align yourself in a market like this with people that are also optimistic, people that are also understanding that they have to change their approach to the business so you can go to the next level. And the best thing is our coaching program, guys, includes everything that you need, scripts, listing presentations, pre-listing pack, everything you could possibly need to take your business to the next level because of this market. And you can join for around $100 a month, depending on how, frankly, you choose to join. So that's it. And I don't know why any of you would even think about wasting money on buying buyer leads in a market like this. Become a coaching client. It's the next natural step for all of you. Text the word PREMIER 
to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier. How do you spell Premier, Julie? P-R-E-M-I-E-R. To 47372. And become a Premier coaching client. You've got to be thinking five steps ahead in this market. We're going to give you some more points here. You're going to be completely 100% satisfied knowing what we're telling you is going to happen. What? How are you prepared for point number two through point number seven that Julie's about to read to you? That's right. So this is your what will happen next list. The first point, again, was some of your buyers are simply going to go out of the market. Point number two, you will feel even more pressure to be a listing agent. Why? Because listings are your insurance policy against feast and famine. There will still be more buyers than listings and high demand, but the listing agents are the ones who are sleeping well tonight. Point number three, there will be stiffer competition amongst agents because the weak will wash out of this market. I am already seeing this happen because I hear about it from all of our coaching clients and the coaches. But what is weak? I hate that word. because Skillless. Really, it's skillless. That's what it is. It's yeah. agents that got into the business and maybe they didn't have the right approach to knowing that it was going to require real sure. work. There's a lot of those. But really, it's people that essentially listened to the wrong people when they got into the business yep. and went in the wrong direction. And spent too much money too soon. Something well, they like believe that. that they could brand their way to success. And That's in a right. market like this, that definitely does not suffer fools. Yes, you have to earn your way. Okay, so be one of the survivors. Learn from experienced agents and brokers like our coaches. You've got to have your pre-listing package polished and be competent at objection handling and closing. That's one of the most hot topics we do on daily Facebook Live sessions as we talk about all of that stuff. So you are building your confidence. That way you're not living on ignorance equals fear. Instead, you have knowledge equals confidence. Point number four. You will see sellers selling for what we call, lovingly, normal reasons. They want more space, better schools, a newer home, divorce, probate, and relocation. Your pre-qualification script will draw out these motivations. So the ones that were kind of speculating, maybe, maybe not, we'll see how it goes, they're, they're going away. And we're starting to get more of the normal reasons. Why do we know that? Because the coaches ask, why is that seller selling? But be clear, guys, even with rising interest rates, even with, right, well, maybe mostly for rising inflation reasons, we talk about this in the pod too. If someone, what you, you checked rate, uh, mortgage rates today. What were they? Uh, right around four, four and a quarter for 30-year fixed, four and a half. A few lenders are inching towards five. However, all the other products that we'll be talking about on a future podcast, you can still get about a 3.75, 3.8 if you do something like a seven-year arm. And most people aren't going to live in their house more than seven years, so it makes so, sense. And by the way, you can buy the rate down on a seven-year arm, too. You guys don't know what we're talking about. We're going to tell you in a future We're going to do math problems. Right. <laughs> Your favorite, listeners. So, so, But here's the big takeaway. And Mark, you, everyone, if you're renting, buy a house. If you have anybody who's thinking about taking themselves out of the market because they're worried about rising interest rates, they absolutely positively shouldn't. Because even if you know rates go up to, say, 55 or 6%, our first house was 7%. People congratulated us for getting such yep. a great rate. The rent on properties is going to outpace what the equivalent payment would be with a normal mortgage. And yep. the, and here's really what's crazy. The inflation on the house, or you, you know, you guys like to call it appreciation. So let's call it appreciation on real estate is going to outpace the cost of the own of holding a loan. So you maybe have, you take out a loan for 5%. It's on say $500,000. Your all in payment is whatever it's going to be, $2,000, let's say. Not only is that payment going to be less than what your equivalent rent would be, but the interest, or I'm sorry, the appreciation or inflation on that house will by far outpace whatever the cost of buying the home was, even to the point where paying all the holding costs, like the roof leaks or the Everything. plumbing. Yeah, your appreciation on that house. So there was a... 
what Goldman Sachs was predicting this year would be 16%. Uh, now what's actually happened before we're even halfway through the year is that the actual uh, appreciation or inflation on homes in some markets is 25%. So you're going to see in some markets homes appreciate by 50%. So if you bought a $500,000 house last year in some markets, that thing by the end of this year is going to be worth 750000 So if that $500,000 house cost you, let's say, all in, it cost you maybe 35, 40 grand to hold, maybe you had a leaky roof, you had a fixed plumbing thing, hot water tank, whatever, whatever, you are still so far ahead of, of the market because you bought that house. It is winning the real estate lottery. The house is literally paying you to live in it. So yeah. so the objection handler might be something like, why do you care if your rate is 5% if your home is appreciating at 25%? Right. You're living for free. Or even that, 10%, really. The math still works right down to, you know, still high appreciation. And what's really shocking when you think about this in, in a, you know, more than a, you know, two months of perspective is that 20, what is it? The average home, uh, average person puts 28% of their gross monthly income into a housing payment, something like that, average, right? Yes. So now you're basically, you are still paying that house, making that house payment, but the house is actually paying you to live in it. <laughs> Think about that. Okay, so that plays into point number five, and then I do have to pick up Munchkin. All right, point number five, fortunately, home prices will continue to rise. Now, why did I say fortunately? What Tim just said, this is good for both your commission and the seller's net proceeds. So do call your past clients, friends, and neighbors. Do they even know what their homes are worth? I mean, that by itself is a huge homework assignment, which will get you listings. Does every single person in your database know what their home's worth? If you can't say yes to that, you shouldn't complain about not having listings. So don't be mad if they list with somebody else if you're not speaking with them. Don't be mad if they become a for sale by owner if you're not speaking with them. And if uh, you are thinking about going after for sale by owners or unrepresented sellers, how many of those sellers do you think have their house appropriately priced? In a normal market, FISBOs are notorious for overpricing, but in a market like this, FISBOs are notorious for underpricing because FISBOs only, they're going to use historic comps. But if real estate is increasing by, say, 1% or 2 or 3% in your marketplace per month, that FISBO will be the easiest listing you'll ever take. Knock, 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 Mr. Seller. How much you have your house listed for? $4.99. No, this is not the script. I'm trying to give you guys a conceptual approach to this. Well, Mr. Seller, so are you uh, co-oping with the agents? Yes, I'll pay a you know, 2 half or 3% commission if you bring the buyer. Great. Um, so, Mr. Seller, if I can essentially if you can list the house with me, I bring the buyer, I take care of all the, you know, the niddly piddly stuff, all the inspections, all the dealing with all the, you know, the different scenarios that come up, the title inspection, the home inspection, the financing issues. I take care of all the intricate details of a real estate transaction and the amount of money, the check I hand you at closing is the same, if not significantly more than you'd ever be able to get selling that house yourself. Mr. Seller, why wouldn't you list the house with me? That is a version of our script. And what you're going to hear them all say is, if you can show me that you can do that, I will list the house with you. So for those of you who are afraid to directly solicit, uh-oh, there's a word. For those of you who are afraid to directly solicit or proactively lead generate, that's our nice way of taking the edges off the word solicit, um, a for sale by owner, why? Because right now you're going to be able to price the house appropriately in this market, which the seller most likely has at underpriced, cover all the selling costs, 6% commission or 8% or whatever it is, 5%. You can roll it all in on top and the seller's net proceeds are going to be the same, if not more. They're going to be able to get selling it themselves. That is one of the wonderful things for you if you're going to be proactive with your lead generation about inflation.
Are you guys getting it? And yet, how many of you think you have to go and buy buyer leads? That's right. Another example, fresh off my coaching call with Sue. She just took, very proud of her, just took an expired. It expired a few months ago at 425. She took it, sold it in about a day for 440. <laughs> okay. And I, I said, Sue, you know, everybody thinks the market's so hot. Why did why do you think it expired a few months ago? She said the agent really didn't do anything to promote it. The agent was out to lunch. Uh, they didn't even. She said they didn't even do an open house. She knows to lead generate from open houses, for example. And they not only did they sell it for 440, they had competing offers, which means now her job is to talk to everybody in the neighborhood about the good news is I sold it in 22 seconds for more than list price. The bad <laughs> news is there's three other people who would be dying to buy your house. Average days in the market, 22 seconds. 22 seconds. Okay, <laughs> well, so that creates a story that she can be proactive about. You and I were talking about this too. Yes, this is all Julie and I talk about. I mean, we're not embarrassed. Well, we're kind of embarrassed. We talk about this. And we talk, we talk about you, how to help you guys. We talk about a real estate coaching business. And we talk about Zoe. Yes. That's about it. Speaking and how much we hate kettlebells. Yeah. No, because here's the other thing. And, yep. and then, I'll, yeah. So uh, new construction. Mm -hmm. New construction is going to be a very tough sale uh, because the cost to finish a home now has gone through the roof. Now, that sounds like bad news, but I'm going to give you the good news because the vast majority of you are focused on resale homes. The normal, so like for example, if you're in Georgetown, Texas, where Julie and I used to live, if a new construction home is going to cost, say for a 3,500 square foot house and a half acre, if just to build that house, because of how expensive everything's gotten, if it costs 1.3 million or 1.4 million, what does that do to the value of a resale home that's also uh, similar, but maybe older? What's that do to the value of that house? If the house before was priced at, say, for example, two years ago at 650000 or 700000 I mean, let's use our old house in sure. River Chase, for example. Mm -hmm. Our old house in River Chase, we sold that for nine hundred grand. Eight fifty. yep. Eight fifty. how long ago? Uh, three, almost three years ago. Okay, there was a new subdivision that was basically in the same overall geographic area as our home. And our home was great, beautiful house, backed up to a river. Everything was great. We sold it for eight fifty. Now that house is probably worth 1.2 or 1.3 million. Why? Because the new houses I just told you about start at 1.2 or 1.3 million offering the same square footage. Now in appraisals, you do discount for an older home, but the reality of it is the price difference between new construction and resale, it can't be 50%. That's ridiculous. It can maybe be 10%. People might like, so for example, if you guys are thinking about buying a house for 500 grand, how much more are you gonna be willing to pay for a new construction house? 50 grand? Probably 100 grand, you start thinking about it, don't mm -hmm. you? That's what happens. That's how consumers think. So you, what you're going to see is more reasons why there's going to be more inflation on resale homes. And what you're going to see is there's going to be more demand because to build a new construction house, it's just gotten too expensive for Plus most homeowners. escalation clauses that the builders are throwing on. So you might think you're spending a million, but by the time you close, it could be a million one. And not a lot of people really like that. Yeah. I mean, you bring that up. It's worth just putting a point yeah. so they know what it is. An escalation clause. And we're, you normally only see this. In super hot, ultra luxury markets. Um, and that's where you normally see escalation clauses. The way it works, and I'm not, t you guys just hear me out. So a normal escalation clause for most new construction builders is the house has a delivery date of say 12 months or 18 months or 24 months, just depending. The builder will uh, build into the contract. I'm agreeing to sell you this house for say $2 million, but I'm going to reset the price based on what my actual costs are and when the house is delivered to you in 12 or 18 months. So what will happen, what is happening is some people, smart people, are buying things 
uh, thinking that they're going to lock in the inflation or the appreciation on the house. They're buying a house for 600000 and they know in a year the house is going to be worth, hypothet- when it's done, it's going to be worth 750000 And that's, frankly, that's really freaking smart. Do that. But now what builders are doing is they're then saying, you're going to pay what the market price of the house is, not what your contract price is. And that's another thing that's, you know, you got to look for that. These are all the different undulations that are happening, thus bringing the yeah. more value to the resale. Well, I mean, that's the kind of change that, that can just fly right past you if you're not paying attention. You guys know escalation clauses from the buyer side, right? Tim just described an escalation clause from the seller side to the buyer. These are all things that we talk about in Premier Coaching, and I have to run. So yes, you, you do. So, guys, listen, we're going to pick up where we left off today, tomorrow. In the meantime, if you would like to join Julie and I at eXp Realty, of course, we'd love the opportunity to be your eXp Realty sponsors. It would be our pleasure and honor to be considered. Please text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. In the meantime, your homework from today's podcast, like every podcast, is to give us a five-star review on iTunes, and please share the podcast with at least three of your friends. This is not a time to be fearful, guys. This is a time to be in action. This is a time to remember what your highest, truest uh, purpose in this planet is, which is to help other people. And there are a lot of people, because of their fear, will absolutely positively need your help. If you're feeling fear, the the anecdote to that, the medicine for that is skills. So if you're feeling fear, you probably know that you don't have the skills. It's time for you to learn how to actually not just survive, but thrive in a market like this. Do consider becoming a coaching client. Text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word premiere to 47372. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.